Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Our next guest has already been an NCAA champion as a player. He did that with the 2005 North Carolina Tar Heels. Still roots for that shade of blue, of course, as the Heels host NC State tonight. But he has his hands full at UNC Greensboro, and I mean in a good way. He's only 37 years old, but he's in his ninth year as the head coach of the Spartans, who are knocking on the door of first place in the Southern Conference. Remember, he took UNCG to the big dance two years ago. Tomorrow night is senior night. Tomorrow night, the Spartans host Furman, which is another of the best teams in that league. We are speaking, of course, about Wes Miller. Coach, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm doing great, DG. Thanks for having me as always. It's great to have you. We're going to dive into your team and your seniors and your big matchup tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Greensboro Coliseum, here in just a bit. But since you were born and raised here in North Carolina and played for the Tar Heels, and I can't believe you've been at UNCG for nine years as the head coach, but can you just remind us, since we're on the doorstep of March Madness, what year, what age would you guess that concept first hit your radar as a young sports fan, and what do you recall from back then? Yeah, well, you know, I was I was really fortunate growing up in this state, um, and my my father would take me to the ACC tournament every year, um, and, and most of the time it was in Greensboro, right? Yeah, in those days. So somewhere in the you know early to mid '90s is is I mean I probably was well aware of it before then, but you know somewhere in the early to mid '90s is when it really captivated me. I was born in '83, so I was probably you know, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, some somewhere, you know, in 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 that that time frame is when it really I really got going. I remember going to ACC tournaments, and that that's what I got excited about first. Not NCAA tournament, but ACC tournaments yeah. kind of evolved into much more than that. Wes Miller joining us on the David Glenn Show. If you haven't seen his team this year, check out. Isaiah Miller, his star guard, no relation, but also the seniors that they're celebrating tomorrow night, James Dickey, Kieran Galloway, and Malik Massey. It'll be Furman at UNCG, a battle of second-place teams in the Southern Conference. Of course, they're all headed to Asheville, North Carolina, early next month for the Southern Conference tournament. This is a question, Coach, whether you think of your current Spartans in late February or your 2005 Tar Heels, who I looked it up, were 26-3 and in the regular season. Or I guess every coach is asking himself this right now. Do you mostly know who you are by the end of February? And, and what is left through your eyes as a coach? As everybody's seeking those automatic bids in the conference tournament, but a lot of others are also seeking those at-large bids. Is it is it tweaking from here on out? Or do you still have time to, uh, I don't know, reinvent yourself is the right phrase? Well, I hope we're not having to reinvent ourselves this time of year. You know, I, you hope you have an identity. Um, and we, we certainly tried to build that identity, you know, all the time, right? Like summertime, yeah. you know, and, and build upon an identity from year to year. So you hope by the time you're in February, you're just trying to improve and you're trying to grow with, within who you are. Um, we certainly believe that we've had an identity in our program for quite some time. Um, and this time of year, we're just trying to grow every single day um, within the details of who we are. So, yeah, I hope we're not having to reinvent. Um, you know, if we are, we're in big trouble. But I don't think that's where we are right now. Do you remember in 2005, as you're sitting there 26-3 and after, I think, beating Duke to end the regular season, did you know right then, did you get the vibe from Roy Williams, you know, this group is good enough to win the whole thing? Yeah, you know, it's, it's always funny, like, looking back and reminiscing. 
Um, I think we knew all year that we were good enough to win the whole thing. Yeah. Um, we were the number one team, you know, in the country in the preseason polls. And, um, you know, we lost to Santa Clara in our first game of the year. But then I think we reeled off, and I'd have to go back and look off like 10 and 11 in a row after that. We won Maui. And I think there was a, a sense that whole season that we had a legitimate chance to win the national championship, you know, go to the Final Four and win a national championship. So certainly as you got to this point in the year, you you were thinking like that in the back of your mind. But Coach had a, a unbelievable way of keeping you in the moment and, you know, getting your attention focused on getting better today. Um, but I think in the back of our minds, looking back on it, we, we all knew throughout that whole season that, that we had a really special group. Wes Miller's joining us. You can follow him on Twitter. He is not prolific there the way he was as a three-point shooter, but he's at Coach <laughs> Wes Miller if you want to follow him there. He has tunnel vision on March Madness at this time of year. So y'all, t- y'all went to the big dance two years ago, we remember, uh, and now this group that you're honoring tomorrow night has, I looked it up, 104 career wins, the most in the history of your program. Now, you are the winningest head coach in UNCG men's basketball history. And now James Dickey, Kieran Galloway, and Malik Massey have 104 career wins and counting as you host Furman tomorrow night. Uh, How do you put into words what those guys have meant to you? Because if I remember the timetable correctly, they were signing with you at a time that you did not have nearly as much on your resume. Yeah, well, I, that, that's really well said. I, you know, it's, it's, it's a little too early to get emotional because we still have basketball left to play. Yeah. But if, at the appropriate time, you know, I'll, I'll be really emotional about them moving on because what they've meant to this place and what they've meant to this program and what they've meant to me and our staff. Um, you know, like, like you said, they believed in us in a time when not a lot of people did. I think that means the world to me. Um, you know, it makes me think of some of these classes before them that helped us turn the corner here. You know, like, like you said, I'm not a big statistics guy. I, I just think if we focus on getting better today and trying to win the next possession, the statistical stuff takes care of itself and everybody gets all the accolades that, that they deserve. Um, but that's a pretty neat statistic. This is the winningest, yeah. uh, you know, senior car class in the history of our program. But I think it says a lot about a lot of these classes. And I think what it says about this class is they've taken some of the things that the classes before them have accomplished and some of the standards that those classes have set, and they've tried to move those standards forward. And they've tried to take what has been established here and move it forward. So I, I think about guys like Deontay Baldwin and R.J. White and Kale. And I think about Jordy Kuyper and, all these, and Francis Alonzo and all yeah. these kids in our program that these guys played with, and then these guys have tried to take that legacy and kind of move it forward, and I'm really proud of that. I think, you know, one thing when you're building a program is is you, you want the guys ahead to lead the guys below, and we, we've had that happen, and it's continuing to happen, and I think that's one of the reasons our program has grown so much. So this is a really special senior class. This is probably another stat that only geeks like me would look up or research, and it's not even on your radar, but I'll hit you with it anyway. At 37, you are both the youngest Division I head coach in men's basketball in our entire state. And yet, Coach, you are the fifth longest tenured at your current school. So it's like Coach K, Bob McKillop at Davidson, Roy Williams, I think Lavelle Moten at Central has you beaten by maybe only one year. 
as the ninth year guy, you're the fifth longest tenured. With that in mind, uh, I remind folks, you had no winning records through your first five years at UNCG. And you have joined us and complimented your administration and their patience and just this, you know, this mutual admiration society that you have there. Do you recall like the recruiting conversations with James Dickey and his family or Kieran and his family, Malik and his family, because you just referred to it a little bit there, but I don't know. I like you a lot, but <laughs> if you had five straight losing seasons, I would wonder, man, I wonder if coach is ever going to turn it around. How did those conversations go that have led to this beautiful senior night tomorrow night? Oh, uh, you know, that, I hadn't thought about that in a while. But they, they were they were difficult questions because, like you said, there was always positive relationships with, with, with those young men and their families when we were recruiting them. But when it came time for their families to ask the difficult questions, there's the people that they trust to ask the difficult questions. The, the difficult questions were, hey, we like you, but we don't think you're going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we think you're going to get fired and that type mm. of thing. Um, and, and so, you know, th those those were tough moments because, they took a chance on us when when they didn't necessarily know if, if this program was going to move in the right direction. And again, I give them a lot of credit for trusting us. And I give our administration here a lot of credit because our administration would help me answer those questions on their visits here. Cool. You know, they'd sit down with uh, with my athletic director, Kim Record, or, you know, in some situations, sit down with the chancellor of, of the university, Frank Gilliam, and, and they would answer those questions directly to say, hey, no, we're, we're invested in this program and this staff and we believe that they're going to be successful and I, and I think when you say I'm the longest tenured or one of the longest tenured guys in the state yeah. I think that says a lot more about my administration than it does about me you know I, I just think we've had people that are willing to believe in us and give us a chance to work through uh, some difficult times and, and I don't think we do that enough in our profession so I've been really fortunate to have that here I'm going to give you both credit, you and your administration. The only list I'm on with Mike Krzyzewski, Roy Williams, Bob McKillop, and Lavelle Moten is that we're all human beings. I think that's about all we have in common. So you've got some, yeah, you've got, I don't know, man. You've got some pretty nice company there. Wes Miller is joining us on the David Glenn Show. I mentioned you don't tweet a lot, and that is true, but I noticed that it was at least one. It might have even been two, Coach. You tweeted about Kobe Bryant, and the memorial service just happened to be yesterday for him as Shaq and Michael Jordan and, of course, his widow uh, stood up there and uh, tried to make sense of a very difficult situation. I, I sensed that you were uh, complimenting just his intensity and that competitive spirit, right, that I imagine is a part of a UNC Greensboro practice to some extent every day. Wow, yeah, I think it rocked all of us. Um, and it's just amazing that somebody can have that type of an impact on people. Yeah. And, and people didn't even know him personally, right? Um, I, that's just an amazing thing of the, the ability sports has to reach people in, in, in real ways. And and so, you know, I didn't know him. None of my players knew him. But it, it rocked everybody in, in our sport and probably well beyond our sport because of who he was and what he was about. And, and I think a lot about what you said when I think of Kobe Bryant, that the competitor, uh, the work ethic – you know, he, he got, he squeezed as much out of the orange as anybody, right? Yeah. I mean, I, it just, um, and we, we talked a lot about that, you know, you know, the days after he passed away with our team, you know, we, we have a, a, a saying here, a quote that we use for practice, like don't, don't count the time, but make the time count. I probably stole that from coach Williams or somebody <laughs> down the line, but um, I'm not that original, but you know, 
what what guy made the time count better than Kobe Bryant? You know, I mean, he was you know, unfortunately left left this this earth way too early. But look what he did with the time that he was here, and that that's one of the things that we've talked about uh, with our team, and as we've reminisced about you know what he did during his time on this earth. So yeah, I I, I think like everybody, I was impacted by it. I know our players were, um, but I think it says a lot about who he was in the time that he was on this earth. Wes Miller is joining us on the David Glenn Show. Earlier this year, his Spartans went to Georgetown and beat Patrick Ewing and the Hoyas. It's part of a fantastic resume that going into tomorrow night has the Spartans second in the Southern Conference. They have won 11 of their last 12 games with the only loss in that stretch being at first place East Tennessee State, which actually might end up as the rare SOCON team that can get an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. It's Furman at UNCG tomorrow night, senior night for James Dickey, Kieran Galloway, and Malik Massey. You were part of very successful UNC teams. Your brother, it's pretty well known now, your younger brother Walker Miller is a junior forward for the Tar Heels as we speak. This is rare air for Carolina. I assume you'll be watching your brother and everybody else as the Wolfpack visits the Tar Heels tonight. But what are your general thoughts about, uh, I think the Tar Heels have had, Coach, only one losing season since Dean Smith was a rookie head coach in the early 1960s. And yet here they are at 10 and 17. What are your thoughts from afar on your alma mater well i I listen you know i think it just goes to show that look it's one of the greatest programs in the history of college sports um they have in my opinion one of the greatest coaches in the history of college sports and and i am biased i'll admit that but even if 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 you're not biased like me you got to recognize that he's one of the elite guys to ever do it and here they are having a really difficult year and you, you just look and the breaks haven't gone their way, whether it's with injuries or some of the ways they've lost one or two possession games. And I think it just really goes to show, you know, n- nobody is or everybody's capable of having a difficult year yeah. in college basketball in this day and age, you know, with just how fluid things are with transfers and, and kids leaving. Or like It's just not the same sport as it was 30 years ago where guys come in and they're going to be in your program for three and four years. So uh, this can happen to anybody, and I think it has a lot more to do with the times that we're in than it does with, with anything else. Um, and, it, I, you know, I, I hate it for them. Um, but if one thing I know, Coach Williams will not stop coaching, and they'll get more out of what they have than anybody. And they'll bounce back really quick because that is one of the greatest programs with one of the greatest leaders. Um, but it just shows you that, you know, we're all capable of having, you know, tough things occur. So enjoy the good moments and, and appreciate the good times because it can happen to anybody. Last thing for Wes Miller, Furman at UNCG tomorrow night. It is Greensboro Coliseum, ESPN Plus. If you can't get there in person, it's the last scheduled uh, home game this season for Wes Miller and the Spartans, who are once again in the hunt for the NCAA tournament. Uh, last thing, Coach, uh, we do have a proud family tree here at the David Glenn Show. I don't know if you know my long-ago intern, Dave Tellup, who's now a uh, scout for the San Antonio Spurs and has an NBA championship ring to show for it. So I've got, like, guys with their own sports radio shows out there, guys who lived the dream and worked for the NFL Network, it's pretty cool now that I'm getting older. I've got my own sort of coaching tree. Uh, you have, as a graduate assistant, a guy we used to call Intern Kevin. So how is Kevin Anzenberger doing 
as you and he and many others uplift the UNCG Spartans basketball monstrosity that it has become? <laughs> Number one, I know Dave Pellip really well. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad you guys claim Kevin Anzenberger. I wouldn't claim Dave Pellip. Yeah. I'm not that joke, jokingly. He's a great yeah. friend. Look at what he's done. Right. And then number two, Kevin has been fantastic. But we're going to have to check his ego after this, right. this interview because we tell our graduate assistants that, you know, this is a thankless job. <laughs> get no credit. Here, here he is getting shouted out on, <laughs> on a big-time sports talk radio show in North Carolina. So I – you know, we're going to have to check his ego. No, he's done unbelievable. He has a bright, bright future in coaching. So your family tree is going to continue to grow and shine bright because he, he's going to go on to do great things, and he's been a really big part of what we're doing here. Cool. He's a high-effort guy. He is an attention-to-detail guy, and he's got passion coming out his ears, man. So uh, I don't know where all that's going to – go ahead. It, it, as we say, those qualities make you a Spartan. And so nice. he, he is definitely a Spartan in every sense of the word. Amen. Well put. So uh, Kevin Anzenberger we are, will be our guest on tomorrow's pro- – no, I'm just kidding. Uh, the West Miller, <laughs> West Miller and the Spartans will have their hands full, especially tomorrow. Maybe they'll be watching Wolfpack at Tar Heels tonight. But they get – it's a matchup of two of the best teams in the SOCON, Furman visiting West Miller and the UNCG Spartans. Salute James Dickey, Kieran Galloway, and Malik Massey especially, the winningest senior class in the history – of UNCG basketball, 104 career wins and counting. And we are speaking, of course, with the winningest head coach in UNCG basketball history, Wes Miller. Thanks, as always, for the time, man. Congratulations on your success to this point, and keep up the good work. Thanks so much, DG. Appreciate you having me, as always. You got it. Wes Miller, 37 years old, youngest head coach in our state, but the fifth longest tenured behind guys like Kay and Roy and Bob McKillop and barely Lavelle Moten at NC Central. He has made quite the name for himself. For those wondering, he has signed a contract at UNCG through the 2029 season. I mean, what are we going to be doing in 2029? I, I will not be a sports radio host in 2029. I can promise you that. I hope I'm still talking to Wes Miller, and at that point, you know, it'll be like head coach Kevin Anzenberger somewhere, right? I'll talk to him in a different capacity, but uh, no, it's, it's not going to be as the host of the David Glenn Show, not in 2029, unless the David Glenn Show takes on an entirely different meaning than what we have going on right here. Appreciate Wes Miller dropping by in the midst of the run-up to March Madness. We also have Wolfpack basketball legend Chris Corciani joining us later. He has played in that great rivalry, State Carolina. The Wolfpack needs a win in Chapel Hill tonight. Remember, Carolina got the pack in Raleigh earlier this year. He is a friend of the program. He's one of the great assist men in the history of college basketball and, of course, one of the great basketball stars ever at North Carolina State University. Chris Corciani, third hour. David Ayers. The man of the weekend, Hurricanes emergency backup goaltender, 42-year-old Zamboni driver turns NHL goalie unexpectedly and in an emergency scenario. David Ayers is going to drop by as well today. We're glad you're with us. 1-800-849-2761. That is your ticket in to the David Glenn Show. The great difference between sport and capital E entertainment and capital S sport is that we don't know the outcome. And that feeling of uncertainty, positively or negatively, is unique. We are quoting Bob Ryan the way I would quote, you know, Aristotle or Confucius. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. 
We're talking college basketball, some NFL, CBA, Combine, Joe Burrow, Tua Tungavailoa, etc. Carolina Hurricanes have remade themselves at the trade deadline. A guy who's no longer on the roster, but who has made the rounds as a media superstar, David Ayers, is going to join us on the other side. He was the emergency backup goaltender for the Canes on Saturday. He works in hockey. He was a pro like 16 or so years ago. He gets paid $500 a game to show up, knowing that there is a 99.999% chance that NHL teams never need their emergency goalie. You're only needed if two different guys on the same team get hurt. And when you show up, you don't know if the Leafs will need you or the Canes will need you. Most nights, nobody needs you, and you just go home without any moment in the sun. Well, the 42-year-old Zamboni driver was needed Saturday, did play a bunch of against a bunch of Maple Leafs players that he knew, having worked out some with them, and played with a bunch of complete strangers for the most part. The Carolina Hurricanes gave up two goals on the first two shots he faced, but then got the win and shut the door on the hometown Leafs in the third period. Since that moment, David Ayers, he's actually here in Raleigh. He's going to sound the siren tonight at PNC Arena. We'll be there as well as the Canes host the Dallas Stars. Raleigh Mayor Mary Ann Baldwin has declared today David Ayers Day in the capital city of Raleigh. The North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper has issued or tweeted an official proclamation from his Twitter handle declaring David Ayers an honorary citizen of the state of North Carolina. That happened this morning. Ayers, of course, is a resident of Canada. He drives a Zamboni. He's also an arena worker. He works frequently with the minor league Toronto Marlies as a practice goaltender and occasionally with the parent club, the Toronto Maple Leafs, in skills sessions, etc. David Ayers was on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert just last night. And on national TV, Colbert, Colbert pretended that he pulled his hamstring. And Ayers, of course, had to be the emergency broadcaster announcing the Late Show's lineup. He also subbed as a piano player, and he joins us next on the David Glenn Show. You like college football? It's Taj Boyd. Taj, how are you? Welcome I'm to good. the show. I'm good. Dave, man, I appreciate you having me on the show. I'm excited to be here, man. I'm excited for the question that you're going to ask. Mark Richt of Georgia, please stop taking our best high school football players, but otherwise, thank you for the visit. Last thing for Virginia Tech coach Frank Beamer. So do we. The David Glenn Show. Thanks, David. Appreciate it a lot. You got it. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. David Ayers was the man of the hour and the man of the weekend in the NHL. He has become an international media superstar. The emergency backup goaltender on Saturday night as the Canes beat his hometown Maple Leafs. He is joining us now on the David Glenn Show. He's going to sound the siren tonight at PNC Arena as the Canes host the Dallas Stars. He has been named an honorary citizen of North Carolina by Governor Roy Cooper. It is David Ayers Day in the city of Raleigh, as declared by the mayor. David Ayers, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Uh, we use the phrase, you know, dreams come true, but you couldn't have even possibly dreamed about all this, could you? Uh, definitely not. Uh, when it all happened, I thought, you know, I'm going to go out there and 
uh, hopefully make a few saves and then uh, go home and go to bed. And I haven't really had much time sleeping, that's for sure. <laughs> and those who watched on TV, David, saw as Kaniacs were panicking, saying, who is this guy and how are the Canes <laughs> going to protect this lead? You were smiling. You could see on the TV screen, you're, you're smiling through the goaltender mask. Is that just being 42 years old and knowing how to relax even at a big moment like that? Yeah, I think uh, that plays, definitely plays a part of it. I think, but I also had had the mindset where you know I, I was against these guys before. I, I know a lot of the Leafs players, so I was super pumped to actually get out there and have them shooting on me. Obviously, the first two shots didn't go my way, but you know, keep going and have fun with it. And the Canes players told me, "Have fun, man. This is going to be a good one." So, and it was great. What did it mean to you to see those Leafs players, even while competition was going? I think it was the end of the second period. You just got some taps on the pads and stuff. They could tell that this would be special for you no matter how it ended. Yeah, they're great guys. Like that whole big uh, Leafs organization, great people top to bottom. And for them to come over and tap me on the pads and Freddie being another goalie that I'm on the ice with all the time, he's a great guy. For him to actually come over and give me a little – fist pump but it was fantastic uh, just for those guys to acknowledge they know it's a lot of hard work being a practice goalie like there's no mercy on a practice goalie they just shoot it from anywhere at any time uh, for them to come over and acknowledge me that was that was great of them David Ayers is joining us on the David Glenn show and I, I know you said this in post-game interviews uh, Eric Hall is not even a member of the Canes anymore because he just got mm -hmm. traded but I think he was one of the guys who said hey dude just have fun like it, it, did he actually say if you give up 10 goals we don't care that's, the, that's one of the first things out of his mouth he's like man just have fun with it we don't care if you give up 10 goals just have fun this is your time just enjoy it and and that actually helped me settle in pretty good, knowing that they had my back no matter what. How many times, David, would you estimate you were at an NHL game ready to be the emergency goaltender, but, of course, the call almost never comes? Is that dozens of times, hundreds of times, or what? Yeah, so it's been three years now, so uh, I've probably put in close to 100 games um, and didn't get, you get the call to get dressed a few times. Yeah, but uh, that was my that was my fourth time and first time being on the ice. So you don't think that it's going to happen, obviously. And when you were in the dressing room, you saw did you see them stitching your name on the back of number ninety? And now you guys are turning that into a a really cool thing that's going to raise money for charity, right? Absolutely. Um, they didn't stitch it right away, but they came in there in a hurry, and they had my name played on before I even knew that I was going to go on the ice at this point. Um, and yeah. It's, it's going to be great to go to charity. I, I had a kidney transplant 15 years ago, and uh, for me, uh, donating to the kidney transplant or the kidney foundation is huge for me. I want someone else to, to realize that uh, having a kidney transplant is definitely not the end of the world, and, and there's lots of doctors and medication out there that uh, can keep you going and keep you positive and get you to where you want to be. You were a substitute piano player and a substitute <laughs> monologue artist on the, the Stephen Colbert show yesterday. How did that go? That, that was a lot of fun. I When I got there, I didn't know what, what I was in for. I just knew that we were going to do a tiny little skit. And, uh, and I met Steven. He's a great guy. He was so funny. Uh, and he had a lot of fun with it. And they just threw the gloves on me. And uh, they said, have you ever played the piano? And I said, well, not really. But uh, he's like, try and play something with these gloves on. Just just don't hurt the piano. <laughs> and uh, it was a great time doing doing that with him. Did you ever know the world was this large, David? Because you seemed like just another happy guy uh, who was okay blending into the background. And, and, I mean, this is way bigger than hockey, as you now know. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I didn't know that it would ever be like this. Like I said, I thought I'd do a couple interviews and <laughs> go home and go on with the rest of my life, and that, and that was it, right? But uh, it's blown up, uh, and uh, it's kind of along for the ride right now. As we let you go, uh, I happen to be a season ticket holder, so I'll be at the Canes game tonight. I have actually sounded the siren as the honoree. You're a much bigger deal than I am. What's your message uh, to the Canes fans that I have a feeling are going to give you one heck of an ovation tonight? I can't wait. I, I've heard so much about the arena, the atmosphere of the arena. I'm so pumped to sound the sirens and uh, see all the crowd, see how crazy and loud it can be here. Good luck the rest of the way, and thanks for the thrill of a lifetime uh, on behalf of Kaniac Nation, David. Appreciate your time on the David Glenn Show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You got it. David Ayers, the 42-year-old Zamb- Zamboni driver and arena worker, regularly with the minor league affiliate, the Toronto Marlies, occasionally with the parent club, the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think the Maple Leafs GM told the media yesterday, we, from our perspective, were in a no-win situation. If we come back to beat the Carolina Hurricanes, they're going to say, oh, man, the guy's like directly or indirectly on the Toronto Maple Leafs payroll. And the Leafs got some much-needed points by putting a bunch of pucks past a guy kind of sort of on their payroll, certainly on their minor league team's payroll. Uh, So it it was, in that sense, a no-win situation for the Leafs. In a different sense, it was kind of a must-win situation for the Hurricanes, who are in playoff position in part because David Ayers, emergency goalie, helped them get those two points on Saturday night in Toronto. That's where he's from, and it was a special twist that the Leafs players who have peppered him with pucks many times just in a less intense setting were actually trying to score against him on Saturday. The first two shots did go in. But the Canes rallied to play some amazing, intense, unselfish, you know, die-hard style hockey. And the Canes get the win to stay in playoff position. And David Ayers, the Today Show yesterday, the late show with Stephen Colbert, he was a substitute for the piano player, wink, wink, a substitute to finish Colbert's monologue, wink, wink. And he did all of that while in his hockey gear in case you missed it. Uh, The kidney part of that, David needed a kidney transplant about 15 or so years ago. That is what ended his very low-level professional hockey career. His mother turned out to be the donor of the kidney. Now, he has kind of lived, you know, happily ever after, so to speak, but he did not even have great numbers as a low-level minor league hockey player. He didn't rise to any league whose name you would recognize. I think his final season in 2004, he was like 0-8, giving up eight goals a game. And here he is playing with and against the best in the world, and he puts up the blank sheet to steal the soccer term in the third period as the Canes hold on for a 6-3 to victory. What an unbelievable story. David Ayers, emergency backup goaltender. We have gotten the question, would his name be on the cup if the Carolina Hurricanes had made an amazing run and won it all? The answer is no. You actually have to either play a certain number of games or participate in a playoff game, which assumedly, you know, David's going to have played in one game and none of them in the playoffs. So you don't qualify for the Stanley Cup. You know, they engrave all the names on the side of the cup for whatever team wins, and that is a different type of place in, more, in immortality. That's an NHL rule, whose name goes on the cup, et cetera. Now, the Canes can do anything they want, right? 
You want to give David Ayers some kind of financial playoff share later? You want to give him a Stanley Cup championship ring? And I'm just goofing around a little bit. The Canes, while a fun team to watch and a team that just upgraded, in my opinion, at the trade deadline and a team that is well-positioned to make the postseason, they're certainly not one of the favorites to win the Stanley Cup, but they also weren't one of the favorites to make a run to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, and they did that before falling to Boston. In the miracle scenario, or the dream scenario, better put, yes, the Canes could give David Ayers a Stanley Cup championship ring. I mean, that's that's a team decision, not an NHL decision, and they can handle that pretty much however they wish. If you saw the post-game locker room scene, they certainly embraced David Ayers. They knew that that was a game where they needed two points. They had earned that scoreboard when first James Reimer and then Peter Mrazek went down with injuries. Good news, Don Waddell, the Canes GM, said yesterday that whereas Mrazek is in the concussion protocol, he does not have a previous history with concussions. Uh, they're not even sure to label it a concussion, but he is in the protocol. He is expected back soon. So the Canes have called up both of their veteran goaltenders from the Charlotte Checkers, uh, their minor league affiliate. So... Alex Nedeljkovic and Anton Forsberg. Forsberg's in his late 20s. He's played in the NHL. Nedeljkovic is in his earlier 20s. He's been like a Calder Cup winner and an AHL All-Star. He's often been described as the goalie of the future for the Canes. I think the Canes are going to be fine in goal in the short term. And Mrazek, assuming no complications, will be back soon. You know, maybe even a week or so. Brett Pesci's going to be out a lot longer on defense. Dougie Hamilton, of course, has his major injury as well. Pesci hurt his shoulder on Saturday night up in Toronto, just making that even more of a chaotic scene beyond the goalie picture. The Canes add centerman Vinny Trocek from the Florida Panthers, Brady Shea, defenseman from the Rangers, Sammy Votnin, a defenseman from the Devils. Two of those three guys are signed well into the future, only Votnin can be an unrestricted free agent after this season. Those are good to better than good players by the NHL definition of such things. And I think the makeover at the trade deadline was an overwhelmingly positive one. We'll see how they blend into the lineup. We'll see when they blend into the lineup. My hat is off to Tom Dundon, GM Don Waddell, their analytics staff, and, of course, Rod Brendamore has a voice in these things as well. Vinny Trocek, 26-year-old centerman from Florida, is described as a guy who plays hockey the way Rod Brindamore likes his guys to play hockey. Gritty, tough, in-your-face, sometimes an irritant, but in his case, also a guy who's scored 20 or more goals three times. And two years ago, when he was healthy, he scored 31 goals in 2018. It is not easy to find 30 goal scorers in the National Hockey League. This Canes team has some offensive firepower in the form of Sebastian Ajo and Andrei Svechnikov and Tavo Teravainen, and certainly when he's healthy, Dougie Hamilton from the blue line, among others, Marty Natchez, a younger guy who's contributing in that regard. The offense just got better. You had to ship some things out. Lucas Walmark was a quality role player who was part of the trade to Florida. You got to give something to get something, as Rod Brindamore said yesterday. But I think this is an upgrade for the Carolina Hurricanes. The David Ayers story is just sort of a a fun sideshow and sort of a human story that is worth celebrating even beyond hockey. I appreciate him squeezing us in 
among the national and local shows that he has been doing over these last couple of days. 1-800-849-2761. Chris Corciani was not just an emergency point guard for NC State. He was one of the best in the history of college basketball. The Wolfpack visits Carolina tonight. What do you expect tonight from the Heels or the Pack? And what are your goals or hopes for them over the longer haul this season? Same questions in play as Duke visits Wake Forest. It is a big four reunion night. Duke at Wake, State at Carolina. The Deeks and the Heels have been mostly miserable this season. Duke has been mostly great. State has been mostly good, but also up and down. Wolfpack seeking revenge on that home on the Tar Heels for that game in PNC Arena a while back, almost a month ago. It was Tar Heels 75, Wolfpack 65. The Wolfpack, of course, right near that NCAA bubble, needs to take care of business against teams like Carolina Pitt and Wake Forest, uh, along with that visit to Duke, which is a much tougher challenge, of course, if the pack wants to stay on the right side of the NCAA bubble. Jeremy is in Walkertown and has college basketball on his mind. Gary is in Wilson and has the same topic on his mind. We are coming back to your calls now. Chris Corciani in 15 minutes on Wolfpack Tar Heels and other college basketball. He has been a TV college hoop hoops analyst for some time after his college and pro playing days. Longtime friend of the program, Chris Corciani, in 15 minutes. Your phone calls right now. 1-800-849-2761 is how you can join us on The David Glenn Show. UNC coach Roy Williams is joining us. You are uncomfortable with your name in the same sentence as Dean Smith. I know that I will never be as good as he was in, in any way. Yet when I hear people say those things, yeah, those things are pretty neat. I, but I try to make sure that's about as far as I go. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Chris Corciani, Wolfpack legend, live in about 10 minutes. David Ayers, e-bug. He'll be sounding the siren tonight at PNC Arena. I hope to see you there. College Hoops offers a nice menu this evening. Wolfpack at Tar Heels. A lot at stake for State especially. But Carolina, remember, is fighting the wrong kinds of history. You know State's going to get Carolina's best shot, and I don't mean just because Roy Williams is 36-4 and all-time head-to-head against the Wolfpack that he grew up disliking because too many of his buddies were state guys who would rub it in when the pack would beat the heels so often back then. Roy has turned that frown upside down for Carolina fans, but the Carolina players, of course, they have a competitive spirit. You always want to win. They also would rather not be the losingest team in the history of UNC basketball, right? They don't want to set all the wrong kinds of records. Tar Heels have lost seven straight games as we come to Jeremy and Gary and you. What do you expect to see tonight as the Wolfpack visits the Tar Heels at the Smith Center or Duke visits Wake Forest in Winston-Salem? What, what are your hopes and dreams for your favorite Big Four team over this next month or so? The goals are the highest at Duke. The goals right now are really primitive at, at, at uh, Carolina and Wake Forest, and they're somewhere in between for the Wolfpack which, again, hopes to make and is in position to make its second NCAA tournament in three years of leadership under Kevin Keats, 1-800-849-2761. With a seven-game losing streak, maybe the Carolina players read the game notes, maybe they don't, but with a seven-game losing streak, instinctively you want to win. Instinctively you'd love to sweep the Wolfpack in a year where their body of work is a lot better than yours is. 
beyond that, you know the last time Carolina basketball lost eight straight conference games? Before most of us were born. It was 1951. 1951. The last time Carolina lost eight or more consecutive conference games. The ACC had not been created yet in 1951. Dean Smith was 10 years away from becoming a head coach in 1951. Folks, the heels are already on the wrong kinds of the record books, right? Other than that Matt Doherty 8-20 and 20 season of almost two decades ago, this is the worst, 10-17. and 17. It's not going to change that if you can sweep your rival Wolfpack, but it certainly would be nice from the Carolina perspective to end that long and ugly losing streak 0-7 in their last seven as the Wolfpack is coming off a win over Duke at PNC and a close call against Florida State. The Pack is playing a better caliber of basketball. Can they prove in the Smith Center what they couldn't prove at PNC against the Tar Heels? Last month, we'll see. That's part of the fun tonight. Jeremy in Walkertown has the Demon Deacons on his mind. Welcome to the program. Go right ahead. Uh, thank you, David. Uh, I've got a couple of names I want to suggest for coaches for Wake Forest. But before I do that, I want to let you know that I am a, a, a big-time listener. Thank I'm you. a big Blue Devil fan for 35 years. I love the season Carolina's having. I would pull for ice <laughs> against Carolina to go pack. <laughs> well done. I don't, go ahead. I don't miss a game at Wake Forest. I go to every game. I oh, love nice. college basketball. I watch every conference you can imagine. I got four names to throw out there for replacements for Danny Manning. All right. First off, one's already been talked about tonight, John Beeline. Okay. Second, Dan Dockage. Wow. Third, Kevin Willard from Seton Hall. And fourth, a guy that's not on many guys' radar that I think is a better coach than, than uh, what the record shows is Tim Miles from Nebraska. But I feel like Wake Forest has to get somebody in there that's going to upset the apple cart and get that thing, quit making it look like a church service and get it like a ball game again. You know, it's interesting. And by the way, do you know our friend Kenny in the corner, the, the crazy, wild, gesturing Deacons fan who's, uh, what would that be? Yes. Corner opposite of the Wake bench, right? Yes, sir. He's, he's a fun guy and uh, a guy we've encountered a few times. I think he's even be, been a guest on the show at some point. Um, interesting that you bring up Dan Dockich, who's a broadcaster right now. Now, I know he has coaching in his background, but whereas I know a lot of people who are huge fans, even if a casual college basketball fan might not know a lot about a Kevin Willard, for example, he's a really respected guy in college basketball. Everybody respects John Beeline. It's just a question of at 67 years old, would you want him leading Wake or wherever? Tim Miles is, you know, as you said, a little bit more of a complicated candidate, but certainly a guy who's respected. What makes you think Dan Dockich would be a good fit as a Wake basketball coach? Because some people would think throwing him among those other three, you know, is like a punchline of some sort. Right. Well, I just think They've got to have somebody to come in there at Wake Forest that's not scared of the ACC. Yeah. And you, if you come to the ACC, you have to coach against Fahim. You have to coach against Roy, Krzyzewski, Tony Bennett, and, and, and even even Florida State now. Yeah. And you've got to have somebody. That's why I think Kevin Willard wouldn't be scared. No, he wouldn't. Uh, Dan Dockage, he's not scared of nothing. He's, True. He's a night disciple. I, yeah, <laughs> I think he passes the would-not-be-scared test. Now, I would not give my blessing to the hiring of Dan Dockage for a variety of reasons, but I'll leave that for another time. John Beeline, if you're okay with the age, he would not let you down. And Kevin Willard, Willard I like even more than I like uh, Tim Miles. He's been at uh, Seton Hall for about a decade now. 
and it's a little bit like the Wes Miller story, our guest earlier from UNC Greensboro. First five years at Seton Hall, uh, Kevin Willard didn't do a whole lot. Last five years at Seton Hall, he's been much better. 20-plus wins pretty much every year. We'll see how this season ends, but he spent a lot of time in the national top 25. So Kevin Willard, I think, is certainly an ACC-caliber basketball coach worthy of consideration at Wake or BC or Georgia Tech if they have openings. Uh, Who knows when Jim Laranega is going to retire at Miami. I'm not as big on Dan Dockage, but we'll, we'll revisit that a little bit later. Chris Corciani, Wolfpack legendary point guard. To this day, one of the all-time leaders in assists all-time in college basketball. On Wolfpack, Tar Heels, and more next on The David Glenn Show. Kevin Harlan is joining us. It was a boring game, and the guy ran out right through the formation as if he was a wide receiver <laughs> to be a part of the play. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. You always think of calling that dramatic last-second buzzer-beating shot or a touchdown pass or, or something more historic. This is the David Glenn Show. 